Welcome back to Two Track Minds. I'm Liam Toms. With me, as always, is... Ed! No! Ed! (laughs) (laughs) Which makes no sense right now, or it might do if you've listened to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, If it doesn't, then maybe we'll explain it in, uh, I don't know, about five, ten minutes' time. Well, probably Um, probably more than that, knowing us. It's going to be a deep dive. So thank you for joining us. Uh, This is our show where we get together to talk about music, just as we've done for over 20 years now, except the difference is we get to share it with you guys. And for the last year and a half, you've been tuning in to listen. So we're going to keep doing it. And we apologize wholeheartedly for the delay uh, in bringing a new episode to you. It's been obviously a tricky couple of months and we were kind of holding out in hope that we might be able to get together to record before Christmas. But obviously that not being possible, we're back to our old setup of doing it remotely. So yeah, we will try and uh, get them out more regularly for you now that we're back in the saddle on this. Uh, but today we've got a really good one uh, that we've been looking forward to bring to you for a while, which is our big Less Than Jake Silver Linings, the new album uh, discussion. I think it's probably worth saying that this isn't a review, is it? I mean, I don't think we've ever really tried to state that this is a review show. It is it's more just us talking about the music we enjoy, right? Yeah, I think when it especially when we're dedicating a bit more time to it because of the history we've got with the band, the amount we talk about them. We couldn't do a straight up review because it just wouldn't give less than Jake the respect that we have given them over the years. So yeah, it's going to be more of a discussion. So, you know, if you want to listen and you want to hear it, there are going to be a couple of other snippets, a couple of other bands mentioned, so it's not just going to be all less than Jake, but yeah, predominantly the first part of this is going to be a lovely little yeah. chat about Silver Linings. I think what it is, is like, normally we mention less than Jake every episode, right? Yeah. But we're switching those percentages around. So this episode is going to be all less than Jake, and then we'll mention some other bands. <laughs> yeah, and by other bands, literally like two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and those are rehasher and coffee project so <laughs> yeah, around yeah, yeah. way um, which is yeah, a so, on uh lesson jake side projects there uh yeah in case you don't know those um by the way on coffee project i think they're teasing something is going to drop on uh christmas day whoa there you go that's exciting uh and and we've had plenty of rehasher this year and i think roger's almost finished with the covers EP that rehash yeah that's well. exciting isn't it have you heard any of what covers he's doing no is that a lie can't say I have no <laughs> that's God's honest truth because I can see you remember we're facetiming and it definitely looked like a lie <laughs> I promise I've, I was trying to remember had I heard anything and I, no I, I don't know anything if this was good cop bad cop I'd be getting the bad cop in now to have a go at you because I, I as a good cop I've worked out that I think you're holding something back hmm Maybe you need oh, see, the hum, even the hum was a like, mm, you know, yes, I am. But I mean, I can't, you can keep on chasing, but you're not getting any information out of me. <laughs> Again, if you've heard the album we're about to talk about, you might have got that. Uh, that little, oh, uh, dear me, Liam, they know it by now. <laughs> but obviously this is the Lost at Home sessions and uh, <laughs> we're going to move forward. Um and, you know, talk about the album, anytime or anywhere. How well, well have done. I done there? Uh, okay. I mean, 
yeah, I, 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 you'd hope that people have actually heard this album before they listen to us. But who knows? I mean, you might be tuning in and you, you don't even like Less Than Jake and you, you humour us every time that we mention them. So hopefully, if you haven't ever heard Less Than Jake, this will convince you to um, go right back to the start and listen to 20 plus years of um, great music. Um, I think before we start and, and really get into it, I just wanted to say, um, and, and I'm interested to know your, uh, your sort of, your your overall thoughts on the album um because I've, I've tried to just you know boil this down to, to to be like the the too long don't read version of of the discussion um i don't know whether you have at all um i'll be honest i've got three pages of notes and what i haven't <laughs> what i haven't written down is how i feel about the album as a whole <laughs> okay well, all I was going to say right, was... Right. We... I, uh, to answer your question, I was um, I was extremely pleased. I was, um, I think it exceeded what I was expecting. And that's amazing for a band who has been around as long as they have. Um, it, it, what I found amazing was that they've... I'll, I'll use one of my notes. They've used different elements and... Um, timings um, that I've not heard in any other Lesson Jake albums and some melodies which, especially the vocals that I I can't relate to any other tracks and yet it's so quintessentially Lesson Jake Mm -hmm. in its format and I think that's so clever to do after all this time, nearly 30 years of being a band, to be able to do that and make something iconically Lesson Jake and yet still be different and whether they'll not i'm guessing they've done it slightly intentionally um you know uh there's three of them writing the lyrics now in jr lima and demakes um you've got a new drummer who's obviously brought new levels of energy um if you watch the live stream you can see that he's clearly an enthusiastic guy and he's been with the band an age anyway um but yeah, I was I was so impressed by it. I think I was I couldn't hold it back the first this I, you know, I listened to it four times on the day it came out because I just wanted to really take it in. And I loved it. I really loved it. I think the quality to discuss the album as a full, I think the quality of it is head and shoulders above that of Sound the Alarm EP, which was twenty seventeen. As in record, recording wise, I think it was better produced um so it's it sounded more like that more time had been taken with the the mixing um that doesn't mean the songs are any better um because i love that sound the alarm ep but in in sound quality alone it was better um okay because i listened that wasn't back something that stuck to me but well i listened back to it um and i was like so what was it compared to with the last thing we got from them and i was like oh christ like there's definitely <laughs> One speaks in terms of just like the quality of it. It's definitely, yeah, they, more effort's gone into the Silver Linings than it did the EP. But you, you'd expect that anyway. The hmm. way they, the way they teased it and dropped the three tracks beforehand and the whole campaign, it was like an old school am campaign that you would have seen in like a Kerrang or an Enemy or something. And obviously they've had to approach that maybe differently because. Potentially, it would have probably been in the UK, maybe touring by now for this album. But obviously, things have changed. 
or they would have been coming over in the new year, definitely, to tour the album. So they've had to, maybe they've pushed the social media side of things and the three track releases before to tease it up. And it definitely, it got me excited. It really got me excited. I, and I really struggled to hold back that excitement. So I'm really, I was really pleased when it dropped because it really did fulfill everything I was excited about. So that was, uh, yeah, I was chuffed. I was over the moon with it. I think it's a great album. I'm really, and it is, that isn't just basing it on the nostalgia. I do think it's a great album. I, th- I think it's, yeah. if, you, if you're not a Less Than Jake fan, I really think you should listen to it because there's some amazing tracks on there. There's some fantastic songwriting. Well, that's, that's that's funny because in the last few things you said there, you you you, you got what was going to be my overall like my one line review, which is a great album with exceptional tracks. Yeah, like some of the best that they've ever written. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's not to say that they com- need to compete with anything they've done before. In in many ways, the exceptional tracks are quite different, but. What we've got here is not what I feared could possibly happen. I mean, I I didn't for a second doubt that they they would you know come forward with with the goods. But what we haven't got is a lesser album. Which, if you go yeah. back to the conversation when we were talking about the single, obviously that's a, that's a fear as as a band gets further and further into their career that it's it just it, it it's natural that you would get to a point where you've exhausted the the formula of what they've got there yeah or, or for any artist it doesn't matter how interesting or how um straightforward uh, an act is after 20 plus years it's going to get to a point surely well yeah look at the way green day mixed it up on american idiot you know jesus mm. christ they basically threw the fucking rule book away they threw an album away well, yeah, <laughs> i mean yeah. it, depends, it yes. depends what you believe it depends what you believe some people think it was stolen but um I don't quite um, believe that myself, but but obviously with 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 scar as a genre, what there are some bands that are out there that are producing lovely tracks, lovely scar tracks, and they're support bands, and they will be great support bands, and that's just what they are. They fill a, um, they will have people who love them more than the bigger bands that have made it: the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, the Sublime, the Less Than Jake, the Real Big Fish you know to a lesser extent the gold finger maybe but i'm not sure what sort of scope they would be as a headline band of a tour of mm-hmm. weekend shows maybe um but you know your headline scar bands there's there's not many around so, but you have to be producing songs of quality to be able to keep you up there yeah, they always talk about these legacy bands and for me, a legacy band is a band that hasn't released anything. You know, Les and Jacob continue to release stuff and they continually to continually put new songs in the set. That's a really good point. They're not, they are, mate. Sorry, you crack, crack on. No, no, no. I think, no, I think what you've just said is a really good point because I do think um, even I would say they're a legacy band because of their legacy. But I think you're right. There is that uh, differentiation between an act that has never really stopped and the type that goes away for a bit then comes back like an offspring say you know that that we're talking big gaps between well they've they've got uh a newer album 
but even that is probably like 2012 and it's none of the songs are in the set you know yeah. i think there's a um they just released a video for a song called defy you or at least they put it on youtube they've been quite clever actually they keep uploading old videos that never made it to youtube to youtube yeah wasn't it defy you was that not a uh was that like a just after greatest hits? Yeah, it, it came just after Conspiracy of One, I think. Um, yeah. Potentially as like a random track. I don't know if it was from a film, but they are a legacy band because they aren't playing any potentially modern new stuff in a set. In the same way that Frankie Valley. Oh, oh, here we go. You know, like a band like the Stone Roses, mm-hmm. they were touring on the back of two albums. The first album and Second Coming, the second album. They barely played anything off the second album. You got like Shakespeare's Sister and that was it. And then last couple of years, they got back together and they released like three tracks. Uh, one was called like One or something. But they sounded more like Ian Brown tracks anyway. But they were doing arenas, football stadiums based on the first album, which was, eight, I think, I want to say 1989. <laughs> Mm. And they'd release nothing else. That is a legacy band. A band that could play Manchester Stadium, which holds 75,000 for a game day. I'm guessing for a, a, a gig, if you're just on the pitch, you're going to be looking at 30,000, 40,000 still. And just play the first album. That's a legacy mm. band for me. Yeah. Or, or, the, or the true meaning of legacy. Oasis. Oasis could come back next year, earn... 50 million each from touring and just play What's the Story Morning Glory. And no one would bat an eyelid. If anything, people would say, This is amazing. I don't have to hear Be Here Now, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Which, which, as it happens, I don't think is a terrible album. Um, but still, you know, that is a legacy band. It's something that some bands should have probably done. There are big name bands yeah. that could have well, probably. Talking about- talk about the albums as well because i think that when less than jake came over last year for the fireball shows i don't think they it was their choice to play um hello rockview i think it was suggested to them to do that for those couple of shows to yeah. make it like a, a special event um well it just from what i can they were the from what i can remember venues. yeah from what i can remember it was it was uh it was proposed to them rather than what they'd um chosen and and i guess maybe because of that uh that history of having done the album shows you might expect that they would be keen to do it and i don't think it's that they weren't keen to do it i don't think they're they're shying away from that album but i think they are a band that are as keen to play new material and to embrace new stuff as they are to recognize the you know what's come before and 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it when we saw those album shows in 2007. I enjoyed seeing Hello Rockview in full. But I think they know, and I think if you ask most people, that actually the best Lesson Jake show is a selection of their back catalogue, not just one album. They are very fortunate in that sense that they could take something off as far back as Pezcor and, you know, do sound check to an empty room or something. Uh, and then chuck in Ninth Foot Pie, but uh, Pine, and then chuck in a Borders track, chuck in uh, um, um, an Anthem track, chuck in a, a you mm. know, a Gainesville Florida track, to give it its full name. And 
people wouldn't really moan. They are very lucky in that sense. Whereas there are some. Yeah, bands... I mean, even even when you think about the um, the the lukewarm reception that In with the Out crowd got, they are still regularly playing overrated and uh, rest of my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they the, are... the, there's so many bands that if they'd had an album like that, which you know followed a. A, a huge, very well received album, and then they had one that you know the reaction was was slightly um, flatter than 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 maybe they might have hoped. There's a lot of bands that would just shy away from that altogether. I mean, I I know of bands that we love that don't play songs from particular albums because when it was released, it it didn't land quite as well as others. And I always think that's a shame because there's obviously good songs on all those albums. Well, to discuss um, another band who have put out an album the week before goldfinger they don't play anything off disconnection notice um yeah very rare well, they, they, certainly haven't, they certainly haven't done it in this recent revival have they no and i think even maybe within the last decade but i can't definitely not with it it's got to be over a decade ago that they have they do that and whether or not that's because you know and there's not some there's some all right tracks on that album, but they just don't play. Yeah, it. definitely. Um, in the sense that, and the, what's annoying is because then you you approach a subject of well, you know, my favourite Real Big Fish album is Cheer Up, and they play one track off that typically. Uh, Where have you been? And they scar it up a bit more um, to fit in with the set. And they are playing a greatest hits set. But it just so happens a lot of their greatest hits that they are playing are the tongue in cheek ones. And actually, my favourite Real Big Fish is when they are a bit more serious. And it's not quite as she has a girlfriend now and um, Scar song and bloody all that. You know, I prefer when they're when they're taking the genre seriously, which they can do. They really can do it. And I think Les and Jake realised very early on, hold on, we can do this genre. We are very good at this genre. Let's just keep doing this genre and and testing it and playing with it and making new tracks. But also, yeah. Les and Jake had, and let's, for anyone who thinks that we don't mention him, let's not hold this lightly. They had an incredible lyricist. And one of the things I want to mention about this album is the lyrics. Vinny, as a drummer, was an exceptional drummer. And he could play what they were playing so, so well. He knew what it needed. And the drums aren't the most extravagant. They're not Travis Barker. You know, Vinny would never pretend to be Travis Barker. But the lyrics, like, you know, when you've got songs like, um, uh, God, uh, Just Like Frank or um, Pete Jackson's getting married. Like these lyrics, the narrative of them are so interesting. Like they they haven't had to, and I hate to say about Real Big Fish, they haven't had to resort to lyrics like "Hey, everybody, let's go downtown to the Scar Show." There's a Scar Show. Come on, let's go. It, and it's not a terrible track. It 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 just I think it you're lacks, getting to the heart. It lacks that edge. That extra 50% of, yeah, we could write this track, but fuck it. Let's rewrite the lyrics. Let's spend another six months on it. Do you know what I mean? Like some mm -hmm. bands, these legacy bands, are quite happy to just, look, 
we need something to give us a reason to tour. Like, we're not going to make any money of it, so let's not spend any more than 10 grand on it. I can reel these tracks off because they're good songwriters. The, the, the fact that these bands can reel off albums so quickly is because they are good, experienced songwriters. But some people want to produce something that they go, they look back on in 20 years and go, fuck me, that's someone's favourite album. And some bands need a, one track to record a video on to give themselves an excuse to tour because they make their money touring. The Real Big Fishes and the Goldfingers, they make their money touring, not off album sales. They just, they can't, you know. Um, it's, no, it's, not a, it's not a buyer's market to, <laughs> to step into the sort of real estate version. But, it, but whereas Les and Jake seem to still take, and especially with this Silver Linings album, they've taken this album release seriously. The, uh, from the live stream to the tracks they released they didn't give too much away we discussed this in a previous episode about lie to me it wasn't exactly changing the rule book but it did enough to show us elements but suddenly you slot it in with with the album with um with 12 tracks and it fits in beautifully it's better in amongst those tracks than it is on its own yeah. do you know what i mean like it comes straight after the high cost of low living and just before the new single, Keep On Chasing, and it fits in there perfectly. It's clearly mm. been well thought of, of how it sits in, in within the 12 tracks. Um, and, to, to, yeah, I th- that's why Les and Jake are still headlining these. I think you got to the heart of what's really good about this album, though, because it's the thing that was a concern in the back of my head that, they would approach this particularly with the kind of like not full-on scar revival that's going on right now but you know we we just watched the um the pick it up documentary which was great but yeah. what concerns me is that it it kind of falls into trying to ride that wave and trying to make a album that's pandering to a renewed interest in scar and that's not this at all and i and, and i think that is probably because to give full credit to the band, I think at some point they just completely decided to overlook the fact that that's the genre that they're in. And the genre kind of died around them. So they, they had to. They had to keep going on what they were rather than what their genre was. Yeah. So that's why when you listen to this album, there's very few moments that I would say really are like straight up ska punk. Like it leans into so many different influences. Uh, and I, I pointed out to you to know about... Um, keep on chasing yeah uh that that song's got a lot in common with uh fall apart from in with the out crowd yeah and uh bless the cracks from see the light one of my favorite they just happen to be yeah they just happen to be songs that have horns in you know and it's the thing like people used to joke about when we were younger like if there was a horn on any other track it's like it's a scar track (laughs) it's like kind of knew it wasn't but i think that's kind of I think that's kind of what you get into of Less and Jake, where it's like, yes, it's like infused with some ska punk uh, rhythms and, and and that sort of um, style of, of playing. But actually, it owes just as much to um, to just, just straight up rock and, you know, classic rock and rock and roll. Like that, that keep on chasing, like that could easily be sat on a playlist of um, rock songs as much as it, as it could a ska. Well, King of, the, King of the Downside to me has got, because you mentioned this one, you said it had a different sort of. Um, it's almost it. like, yeah, it's almost like, uh, like a kind of a Dropkick Murphys kind of 
jig. Yeah, I, I got a little. I knew I, I, there was a track that it sort of reminded me of, and that was Surrender. Because Surrender had a bit of a different rhythm to it. And um, with King of the Downside, which is um, track eight, they've played around with that second guitar that sort of comes across, that sort of like higher bit of guitar. I don't know what you call it. It's not arpeggio, but like that. Um, and I think what the, what they've proven over the years is they can mess around with the just straight up punk, like Dear mm. Me and like Monkey Wrench myself. They're so guitar driven. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about Dear Me, didn't we? But yeah, so that starts as as like a as a as a punk rock track, doesn't it? With the, with yeah. the tempo that and it's then got there. Suddenly... When when it breaks down into that brass led um, section, I. That's not Scar Punk, is no, it? No, no, no. It's more Bruce Springsteen. Yes, but, but you you're right. Call, you wouldn't call Bruce Springsteen Scar Punk, would you? No. <laughs> That's not what I mean. It's, it's full. I, don't, I, I can't think of the genre. It's a full band. You know, what, yeah. what, what category do you put Bruce Springsteen in other than rock and roll? You know, yeah. he, is a, he is a rocker. He rocks stadiums. There's no, he's not indie. He's not punk. He's not metal. He is straight up rock and roll. And Dear Me is almost like a straight up rock and roll track, you know? Yeah. I So I was talking to Roger the day of that the album came out about something different. And obviously I had to, I had to, I had to acknowledge, that the, <laughs> I had to acknowledge that the album had come out. So I said, congratulations on the album. But I was like, what do I say at this point? Cause at that stage I'd only listened once. So wait, I said we, that, um, I was like, I, I know, just sorry to butt in. I know people, um, most people listening, but if there are any new ones from uh, knowing that we're discussing this, Jake, you once worked with the band on a vinyl release. That's how you know Roger. You've helped him out with Greenhorn releases. Um, so you you know Roger from a work based thing. It's you're not you're not living yeah. over in Gainesville hanging out with him every Tuesday, <laughs> every, every Tuesday for a bit of uh, crib. You know <laughs> that, that, that's uh, that's why you, you, we're recording remotely. Not- you obviously got on well with him enough that you now have numbers and you exchange pleasantries every so often. Yeah. So I had to like acknowledge the fact that I was listening. Yeah. I'd listened to the album and say congratulations, but and I wanted to say something, but at that stage I was like, I, I don't know. Cause I've only listened once what to say. And <laughs> so, so what I said was, <laughs> what did you say? I, this is a, this is a new one for me. It's Perez Hilton listening. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to tread really carefully. Cause I was like, what do you say to someone on this day that they've released this, you know, huge album for their career. And I just, I, I just remarked about how much they'd leaned into the songwriting on this album and, and how much it exceeded the expectations of, um, of what people might have come to think of the band and what they might do as a, you know, as a genre piece. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, as I said before, it completely ignores the the wheelhouse that they're sat in in terms of being yeah. ska punk. And it, it just seems to me, and it's the reason why I've got so much respect for them and, and I love what they've done here is they've just written what they want to write. Yeah. And I honestly believe that. I don't, I don't think there's any pandering anywhere in it, even with Lie to Me, which is, you know, is a good choice for a first single. Interestingly, as we said before, it wasn't their choice; it was the label's choice. Um, yeah. That was a good. That was a good plan to, to put out a track that sounded, you know, quintessentially Les and Jake. But even that track, 
I don't think you can necessarily point to another Less Than Jake track in their catalogue that sits exactly along the same lines as, as that one because it's got the upstrokes and the scar verses. It's got the the more punk and, and brassy um, uh, chorus. But the tone of it is just something slightly different. And I just think like they haven't done that to achieve any particular goal other than they wanted to write that style of song. Yeah, definitely. Like tracks like Lost at Home. I can't think of another track that's got that sort of reggae scar vibe to it. Yeah, there's elements in other songs like Science and um, there's a track off um, Sound the Alarm EP. Uh, is it the second track? Oh, bollocks. Uh, whatever the Weather. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Whatever the Weather. But it's it's not the same. Lost. Imagine if they've released Lost at Home first. Everyone would think they, they were releasing like a, a, a Sublime album. But the, the verses have got Sublime elements to them. And then suddenly the chorus is like Mad Caddies. You could literally imagine that the front man of Mad Caddies mm. like belting it out. In fact, if they ever tour together, I'd love to have him come on stage and sing it. Because it's a, it's a, a, an amazing track. It's a beautiful track. And then... Like you say about there's the tracks don't really um, there's the, the tracks are all like I, I was trying to say they're all so quintessentially less than Jake and yet they're all so different. The test, which is I think a, a phenomenal track, the chorus is like something they've never really done before. It's like a modern style elegant rock and roll chorus. Yet the verses have got a bit of a Johnny Quest tone to them. Like mm. that guitar, like it's a bit more like um, that losing streak, hella rock view uh, sound of Chris's guitar in the background. That yeah, dead, dead, like the upstrokes in it. So it's got a feel. It feels almost old school, but the chorus is nothing like they've done before. It, uh, they've been really, really clever. It's such a clever yeah, songwriting. That's a really good. That's a really good shout actually about the yeah. The, the tone of it is very um, losing streak. Um, but, but it's just that one song. It's not the whole yeah, album. It, and it, it doesn't sound like they've tried to sound or, or that they've intentionally done that. It's just bled through because it's, you know, they're still playing Losing Streak songs. They're still playing Halle Rockview songs. So it's going to influence them in some way. But what they haven't done, which I think some bands would do, is they haven't spent time studying those records again to try and get the formula for what worked for that particular album, have yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They've, they've they've just written something that is just authentic, um, and it just comes across so so much. Well, yeah, in the, uh... and I wonder. I'd love to, um, you know, and potentially one day we may have one of them on, you know, potentially Roger or, or Buddy or someone to discuss it. But I'd love to know if they had the lyrics or the tracks first, because like, excuse me. Seeing as we're on the test, like the uh, the toss the anchor, ditch the oars, I know what's worth fighting for. You know that it's it's got that sort of, you know, the the, the lyrics are quite sharp and t- to the point. Um, uh, and I wonder if they came if the tone of the guitar followed t- the punchiness of the lyrics. It would be quite a cool. Yeah, um, um, I I would guess that. Perhaps this time around, it was a bit like quite often you'll hear bands say now that like it's a sort of a meet in the middle type thing. Like they might have an idea for some lyrics and an idea for a song, and then, um, they, and then they go, "Oh, that one, that one fits well there yeah. together." Um, 
But on on that point, I mean, one thing that I think is, and we sort of referenced it before in in terms of obviously uh, a change in in terms of who's contributing the lyrics here. I don't think it's just that that comes across in the songwriting as, as noticeable. I think there's a change in the dynamic of the songwriting. I think it's just switched up a little bit and you can hear a difference between this and what's come before it. Obviously it's still, you can still tell there's a lot of the same players involved, but there is something that's just slightly different about it. And I think it is just a change in dynamic in the songwriting process where you've got more people that are coming forward with lyrics and may have an idea for the, uh, for the arrangement as well. And it's just, it's like a different take on the same ingredients that, that we had before and 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 my parting thing that i said to rogers like it sounds fresh like it just sounds it doesn't sound tired or like a you know an album from a band that's been in it for nearly 30 years it sounds like a a a new album doesn't it i think when i think when anytime um and anywhere dropped um which was the third of the the singles they pre-released i was i was already like invested I was already like, this is going to be good. Because like you say, that fresh sound, that fresh take on what they've done before. And just to like, the the whole album has just got this abundance of energy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really odd to say that. Even songs like, um, like So Much Less, which is the ending track, it's it's a slower pace, but there's still this energy behind it. It's really refreshing. It's, yeah. it's, fucking, it's fucking refreshing, actually. And it's, <laughs> Roger, and, Roger's delivery on those verses is superb. I the way that he noticed, reels off the, uh, the, he, the lyrics in those verses is great. Well, we've often discussed how well Chris and Roger sing together. Like, first track, the last line on high cost of um, hmm. uh, low living where it just blends out and it's just those two um, singing, uh, but I found my paradise um, and they're just yeah, harmonizing together. And it's like, yes, this is what they do. This is track one. Like they're coming straight in. It's clearly the first track, like having listened to the album, it worked. They've, that's, you know, they've, they've walked away from that and gone, well, it has to be that track as the opening because it's got the intro, it's got the major chords, it's like it's a positive feel to it. You know, they've got the bong sound in it. It's 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 so cool. And then there's it'll come back to min- that. Come back to that. Yeah. Second. One minute forty, there's the breakdown, and then two minutes ten, there's like a inst- like a key change within the instruments. And there's there's no mm. it's not like a vocal key change. The instruments step up, and it's like this is track one. This is track one yeah. they're doing, not they're playing. Did you hear they, on the, um, the live stream the other day when they were talking about the album, I'm sure that they said that that was the last track that they wrote. Which is mental because that intro would have made me think they'd had a discussion So obviously about the first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, I'm not sure what, have opened, what would have opened the album if it wasn't there. Do you think there was some JR in that um, harmony on the outro for that track as well? Yeah, yeah, quite possibly because he's got uh, he's got an exceptional um, voice as well, um, which he's used. Yeah. On, and I love the I, I love definitely, the fact that there's. Sorry, carry on. I was going to say definitely over the years he's started to do more and more, hasn't he? In the yeah. um, in the vocals and the harmonies, I think he he did a lead vocal on one of those um, tracks he did back earlier in the year for the uh, the remotely yeah, yeah, recorded yeah. sessions. And um, but uh, the vocals, you know. The first two tracks 
are both dual vocals like the and then um oh what track is it sorry the call and response where there's like a call and um oh is that the monkey, monkey wrench myself wrench. yeah monkey yeah. wrench myself is that it's like one line one line one line one line and they're so lucky to have that in their locker um to be able to do that and um this is this is what I mean about this legacy thing. Like, yeah, they created a legacy with your your Gainesville Rock Cities and all my best friends are Metalhead, but they can they're continuing to put out these tracks and and there's no disrespect to these other bands, right? The likes of your Mustard Plug, you know, your Streetlight Manifesto, all these Scar bands, you know, your Fishbone and everyone, they're gonna be someone's favorite band, but even a Sublime would only come over and do one London show now. They'd probably mm. do a Brixton. And obviously it's sublime with Rome now, because obviously um, it, it's not the fully it's original lineup. Um, but, you know, Mustard Plug, they could only hope to jump on as a support at one of these bigger festivals. You know, your Skanking Pickles, your, you know, that sort, that sort of era where there was a hell of, like, and this is coming from the the... the Skarmu uh, documentary. None of them could do what Les and Jake are doing. None of them. Like they'd have to be part of the package now. Whereas Les and Jake would come over, and even if it wasn't part of a fireball or a slam dunk or anything, Les and Jake would come over with two other bands and still play some decent sized venues. And you can only do that if you are if you are a good band. You can't bullshit people yeah. your whole career. You just can't. People fucking work you out they work you out and they stop following you around you know that is just what they, happens um, i mean part of the reason they can do that in the uk is because obviously they've built up a good following like throughout the uk haven't they through years of doing fun shows but i do think there is something about the band that appeals to people outside of the genre again you know coming back to this because when we were growing up, I mean, most of our friends liked Less Than Jake and a lot of them weren't necessarily as into Scar or Punk as, as we were. You know, it, it was the, the whole thing about all my best friends are metalheads. Like there was like some, there was some meta kind of truth to that, that yeah, we had yeah, friends yeah. that were more into metal, but they loved Less Than Jake because there were elements of like metal and that in there. And you've only got to listen to Roger <laughs> talking about how much he loves Iron Maiden to kind of think, okay, well, that yeah, like that, that's bound to, and and Chris's love for like eighties like hair metal and stuff, like yeah, it, it shows up. You know, you think about that intro to um to Games of Rock City. I mean, that that rips, doesn't it? Like that that whole that first um not, not obviously the brass bit, but once he starts playing guitar, like he's probably shredding like that stuff there. Yeah. Like that's not a commonly placed thing in ska music. Like I mean, I think we're coming back to that same point, really, aren't we? About how it just exceeds the the genre. But I think that is so important to why this album is a success. Because something like "Keep on Chasing" it's just it, it's just it's a league of its own, and and that's the reason they've got longevity. And it, it may, it's so upsetting that we can sit here passionately about this, but unfortunately, because of the way that Kerrang is now presented online, Enemy is now online. This is going to miss a few people who I think, like you said, would probably get on the back of this and go, oh, this is just a good album. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, because that's what I turned into as a music fan. There was a point in my musical um, 
foire or whatever you want to fucking call Youth. it. Yeah, where I just turned around and went, oh, this is pop, is it? This is just a great pop album. You know, there's a, a Take That album um, when it's the four of them um, called The Circus. And I just genuinely love that album. I, I, and yeah. it's just because it is genuinely just a good pop album. Like, they, and like yeah, you, I'd, it's I'd like, gladly. I'd always gladly take the stick for an album that I believe is a good album. Like I don't, yeah, like, you know. But, and it, 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 like you say, this album is ska, punk, whatever you want to fucking. It's just a, it's just a good album. You know, yeah. I, on its own as a standalone bit of material, forgetting what they have done in their past, forgetting the the albums and the the major labels they've been on in the past and everything. This, as an album, is a great album on its own if... yeah I, I mean even though we say this about some of the tracks about how they kind of exceed the genre i don't know that any of them are going to get the ears of people far removed out of it i mean let's say one of them ends up on a spotify playlist and someone's listening through and somehow until now they've managed to never be aware of less than jake i think they would enjoy it but i think mostly what it's going to do is it's going to re-energize some of those people that have been perhaps dormant in terms of listening to less than jake where they've perhaps just you know drifted not been paying attention i think it might reinvigorate some of that so perhaps we'll see once i mean i think once shows get up and running again that there's going to be like a renewed appetite for going to gigs anyway but i think it might start to drag some people out that perhaps haven't been to see less than jake for maybe five or so years and how they the, the tracks they played in their live stream they they fit so well yeah, in between. That was going to be track. my question for you: is, is which of those songs do you think will make the live set? Uh, I reckon they could drop three or four, uh, which yeah, is a lot I for do. a new album. You know, um, I think they could easily open with that with um, the high cost of low living, and and, I, and and pull it off. I could, I could see. I'd like to see the test. I really like the test. Um, I thought that was just a, I, I love that track and anytime and anywhere I could potentially see Lost at Home being in, in the set to, to possibly not rival Science because Science is a phenomenal um, track but Keep on Chasing I wouldn't be surprised if we got those four in a set on the next tour the four singles they release the Lie to Me uh, Dear Me Anytime and Anywhere and Keep on Chasing wouldn't surprise me if all four made it in and that wouldn't I wouldn't bat an eyelid because they fitted well in the live stream. The live stream was done yeah. very well. It was a cool take and they promised it and they delivered it. And this is what I'm, we're saying is they, 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 they seem to, don't, they don't make promises they can't keep. Lesson Jake keep. <laughs> you know, they don't, you know, they've never, they've delivered. And the live stream was awesome with the, the, the commercials, as the Americans would say, rather than adverts in between the tracks and the interview sections with the parodies, you know? Um, yeah. And then it, we, it was, the, it was my favorite thing that they've done um, as a visual, probably since the, the people's history DVD. Which and obviously is that, going that, back. That, that, yeah. I mean, that was probably 2004, but that was like a, that was like a compilation of lots of different things. Wasn't it? It had like the, uh, avantard stuff that chris had filmed over the years with some new yeah. bits put in but this live stream when i was watching it, i was like this so captures the flavor 
of that DVD and the mix of comedy and music, even even just the way that they'd like interspersed it, like that's what that DVD did. Like you could watch it through and watch, and you get like the different bits at different times. Um, and yeah, you were about to say about the the VIP stuff, which some of that was some of my favorite bits. The the stuff where they were sat around doing that sort of like round table, but without the table. I was really enjoying yeah, hearing yeah. about the process. Uh, there was lots of like cool reveals that came up in that. Yeah, and it, it was cool that they all definitely got to speak. They all got a chance to say some stuff, which I thought was really good. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just seemed to work. It was a really, really good live stream. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I went for the VIP because some of those acoustic uh, tracks also um, were really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with the whole way they presented themselves, and I think I said to you, I'm just rooting for them. Like it seems really sad because I don't know them. I don't have any. I've, all I've got is my love for them, you know. And they've, I think I said to you, you know, I'd love to sit down with them and and tell them how much that. Yeah, because they do mean a lot to me as a band, and now I'm passing those tracks on to my two year old and my bloody four year old. And they're running around the kitchen listening to this new album. And I'm like already learning the lyrics. I'm already singing along. Like I've already got Keep On Chasing Down. Like I'm not going to sing it now, but I, <laughs> if it was on, I would be able to sing along. And I think that's, it's great because it's, you know, as fans, we have to move on as well. And so, yeah, the lyrics that I've got from like Borders and Boundaries, hands down, one of my favorite albums ever the lyrics i've got from that that vinnie wrote it was um it this album's amazing to come out of that new drummer three people now contributing to the lyrics it can and that's that can only mean good things do you know what i mean like yeah because now we're getting a flavor of all of them and Mm -hmm. I, i think that's a great mix because like jr like God, when were you sending me those tracks off pure volume of him? You know, um, Castles Made of Sand and stuff. Like, he can he can sing and he can write lyrics. And well, I think he had a major hand in, in Dear Me, didn't he? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that could possibly be my standout track from the album, I think. Yeah, it's a great, it's a, and it's a great track. And it, and it wasn't immediate. Like, it wasn't like first listen. I was like, I love this. It took me a few, but it's one of those songs that every time I listen to it, I love it a little bit more and I find something new that's in yeah. there. Like that, that interlude, I'm just, I'm in love of it. Not, not just the, uh, the breakdown with the, with the horns, but that, um, I'm <laughs> trying to sing it there. Maybe da, 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 that bit, like yeah. it's gorgeous. It's so good. Every time I turn it up in the car and, and belt it out along to it. Cause I absolutely love that. But I think what's so special about it is that I don't just love it because I'm like, yeah, this is my favorite band doing really well. Regardless of who put that song out, I would really enjoy what, what they've written there. It's, it's so good. It's such good songwriting. Um, and yeah. And you know, that, that's name Matt. I, I think Matt's been a great addition to the, to the band. Uh, on drums. Him, that live stream stream. And we've seen him live uh, anyway in, in person, but the, uh, that was the first time I'd really been on my own, like because normally I've had a few beers and I've been in a crowd and I've like I've been at the side of the crowd and I'm going I'm just going to watch them this time I'm just going to watch them this time I'm I'm the, the you know <laughs> getting on a bit oh, I'm in I'm in I'm in you know and so you don't really 
stop to watch what the band are doing. But the live stream on my own with in my I put it on the TV. I was able to watch what and he's doing different things with the older tracks. He's yeah. chucking a couple of little extra mm-hmm. bits in, which it's cool. It's like and it's noticeable. So the people who were like keen of ear would have noticed and you know, if they've watched the live stream, like, oh yeah, yeah, you've messed about with that, are you? That's cool. You're doing your own thing. And yeah. I think that's great. I think that's really good because he deserves to put his own spin on it. He's not a fill-in drummer. He's not taken over from someone on holiday. He's the drummer. He's Lesson Jake's drummer. And so it's great that he's been able to flex his abilities by even jazzing up some of the older tracks, the odd bit, the extra beat, the extra little symbol there. It's cheeky, but it's just enough that it's yeah, noticeable. It's a bit of flair. Yeah, it's real, and I think he, I think he's a phenomenal drummer. He definitely got some pace to him. He? he can bloody, he yeah. he likes. And you know, the mad thing is that the the very first Lesson Jake show that we went to, the first time we saw them live, he was there drumming with Teen Idols. Yeah, yeah obviously yeah. the support it's all come Jake, from so, circle, isn't it? Yeah, so we've technically seen Mac play drums before we saw any Lesson Jake live. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, in terms of lyrics, I mean, I, I thought it was worth giving this a nod in, in, in for for sort of how we felt about that. For me, I think my my takeaway is just that it's a different style, and I don't think that they're better, or you know, I just think they're different. I think Vinny's lyrics were always very poetic, and I think what we're seeing on on some of these tracks from that have been written by other people is that they just have a different style. And some in some places, they're a little bit more um, just straight up in, in, in terms of the way that they deliver things. And I I, I just think it's a different style. And it, you, you do notice it in places. Like, I I can't say that I, I don't spot the, the difference between the two styles, but it's... It doesn't. It doesn't detract, and it doesn't. Um, if anything, it adds to it. As you say, it's a different um, contribution to it. Yeah, different. Yeah, different narratives that you're hearing. But I also think that in places, they've even though they they're not trying to uh, to copy what they've done before, they capture the vibe of the tone of Less Than Jake lyrics very very well. Uh, and I think Dear Me does that particularly well. And there's other parts Wait, where I was, I'm like, I was about to say, Dear Me is possibly. Um... It's funny how you've sort of taken to that one. Um, Even in high cost of low living, like that, that whole idea about like talking about like incomes and the economy and that sort of stuff. Like there's lots of stuff on GMVFLA that's about that. So what we were saying before in an earlier episode about they're inevitably going to be inspired by what they've been singing for years, even though they've not written the lyrics. I think with Vinny, it was less, it was more of a, a story of his time on this planet i just think he had free reign because he was never writing the lyrics with the songs in mind and that was always a clever thing that he did he just wrote stuff out and then gave it to the the absolute geniuses that are chris rog and the rest of the guys to craft it into the songs like there was no songwriting on on vinnie's part he just wrote poetry essentially and then they crafted it into into what you hear and and they did that so so well openly said you know some of those lyrics would were totally unrecognizable from what they he'd sent them like changing of lines putting lyrics in hmm. to make them fit and so like they've they've been having a hand in this for a while like they're not yeah. and i really like some of them and like i said i'm already singing along um you know um this is the only way i'll make it uh gonna hold my breath and face it you know uh, yeah. from 
monkey wrench myself. Like, um, gonna do what you told me not to. Gonna get myself through. Like, yeah, I know that already. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so I think with with some of them, like they are just um, they're more direct. I think that's the word I was looking for. Direct. I like, know, I'm already like that's already yeah. imprinted in me. So I like that yeah. song comes on and I'll be singing along. This is the only way I'll make it. You know, I already know it. It's already there. Yeah, like they, they are very catchy, very catchy. Yeah, lines. which is really good because that's what you want. You're going to have a couple of beers, dance, skank, and fucking sing sing along to one of your favorite bands. And I think this is another album which ticks a lot of boxes. And fair play. I if I was gonna give it, if it was a review, I would give it nine out of ten. Cool. Yeah. I've not given that any thought, so I'm more than happy to agree with you. I think that's pretty fair. Um, So we said we were going to possibly give a nod to other stuff. So quickly, I will do a couple of, for the people who are hanging on in there, they've taken an hour of Lesson Jake. Let's wish happy (laughs) birthday. Let's wish happy birthday to Billy Bragg. Hey. 63 today, born in 1957. Well done, Billy. Going strong. Um, do you want to tell the story about when you met him? <laughs> this is what they come for, isn't it? This shit. Um, if you are in Lesson Jake and you've you've lasted as long as you are to see what the gossip is, thanks for listening. Uh, you can turn. And hey, there's one. a Billy Bragg connection, isn't there? Because he sung on. Oh, um... of course there is. Do you know what? This has worked out perfectly. Again, what was it the other day where there was so much scar on on this day? It was the scar documentary, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the brightest bulb has uh, burnt out. Yeah, the the single version. Yeah, the single version. Yes, um, and also on this day, this is mad, right? I'm showing you a beast. Oh, <laughs> King Prawn. Uh, their, their their final show was it? Saturday, the twentieth of December. It got moved to London Forum. Cap down supported. Seventeen years ago, I was there. Wow. Fucking 17 years ago, I watched Shit. King Prawn retire. <laughs> and now they're, they're, well, they've been back a while, but yeah. They popped off on the release radar again the other day. How much do you think that was? Uh, 12 quid. Tenner. Oh, I, and to be fair, I did, you did just show me the ticket. I... And it got bumped to the forum because it wasn't Mean Fiddler and it over exceeded. So they moved it to the forum. Oh, okay. Asian Dub Foundation and Cap Down. Awesome. Yeah, Snuff- I I've... Snuff were not going. Snuff were meant to be playing, but they never did. Um, but yeah, on this day, when I, I realised it's another good connection to Lesson Jake there as well, because um, Snuff were like a huge influence for Lesson well, yeah. Jake. Like they're well, part they of the reason why they have trombones. Didn't support in the end, but you know, yeah. And King Prawn <laughs> support. King Prawn has supported Lesson Jake uh, at some point. I'm, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but how cool is that? Still got the ticket stub? I've still got yeah. my ticket stub. Hey, I've, I think I said this to you hey! uh, <laughs> a few weeks back. <laughs> um, the, I'm what I was, this one. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to photograph a load of my old ones to share next year. I've, I've got the board in here somewhere. So um, if you want to see them, um, follow us on Instagram at 2 track Yeah, pod Yeah, um, that's the on this days I've got. Um, so before I get down to... What are you doing? I've just got like some notes as well. <laughs> Is oh. that okay? On what? Just on, on tracks to remember to talk about, that's all. all Otherwise right. I'll forget. Do you want to do them now? I can if you want. Um, one that we didn't talk about that's come out, but we did talk about some of their other recent singles was the um, 
the the third Maximo Park track, <gasps> yeah, which is possibly the best of the bunch. Oh, and so good. We even enjoyed the first. Yeah, uh, I don't know what I'm doing was the oh, song. Oh god! <laughs> Sorry, I think my phone's just died. Um, oh. So you can't see me now, but you can still hear me, right? Oh, I hate this bit. <laughs> <laughs> so lonely. Does mean, I, does mean I can strip. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, Maximo Park. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that came with the announcement of a UK tour. And oh my God, like, I think I booked tickets for Heim, didn't I, back earlier in the summer? But we've booked tickets for Maximo for next year. So I think that's one of the first ones that are booked and in the diary for, for 2021. Um, and let's pray that that goes ahead in September. Nice. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else have I got on here? I, I made a note about the Gwen Stefani track that you um, you brought my attention to. Because uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think what I saw think something it? about it, and then and then you sending me the track actually prompted me to listen. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I, I, I thought it was a fairly good song from her. But one thing I was going to mention was, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, with, with the, the Scar Punk thing and that, because I saw some hoo-ha online. <laughs> would you believe it? Um, <laughs> saying like not sure what to think of this like mixed feelings about this you know Gwen track as if to say like doesn't sound like no doubt and I just kind of like huh like we've been through this like nearly 20 years ago when she first had a solo career like to me this wasn't a surprise you know like it it sounds like the sort of thing that she did when she did um Love Angel Music Baby or whatever. I think that's what that album was called the first yeah, one that she did um and like people are like, it's almost dragging up the debate again about like her doing stuff away from No Doubt, and it's just like, guys, this is pretty old news. <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. seemed seem really she, odd to me. Seemed really odd. Have you? Did you also know she did that song with Eve? You know, <laughs> yeah. if I have to give you up, it's only been a year. It took a while. To... That's the one, yeah. Like she's done other stuff, guys. Probably time to catch up. <laughs> She even had a solo album like in the last few years. I don't think it was um, as well um, Christmas acknowledged. Album. Yeah, Christmas there was a Christmas album. album as well. I listened to that the with other day. Her husband, with her husband. Oh, she does so much of with him, doesn't she? Uh, Blake Shelton, because he's he's a huge um, country. country star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can understand why um, she would uh, want to collaborate with him. Uh, but yeah, I thought the song was alright. I thought it was quite fun. I thought it was a bit tongue in cheek, where it was kind of sort of self referencing a lot of things. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was fine, but I just I I just yeah the I mean there's going to be hoo ha isn't there on the internet about anything, but I just thought really guys like don't waste your time with this debate. Um, have you had any uh, Christmas songs? Any any new Christmas tracks that you've liked? No, this season I've got a couple. Oh yeah, drop them in because I I, to uh, me and Chris I don't know whether this. I don't know whether this was supposed to be a Christmas song, but I, I kind of went, oh, like maybe they've done a new Christmas song. Uh, and that was Good Charlotte, which released the other day. And it's called Last December. So I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe like wham kind of vibes or something like that. Um, it's not very festive. The first line opens with something about a funeral. So I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> it's not quite what I was expecting it was going to be. Um, and I don't I don't think that it is meant to be a Christmas song, but it's fine. It, it, doesn't, it wouldn't have sounded out of place on that most recent album that they did, which was yeah. um, uh, Generation RX, I think it was called. Yeah, see, which was I have listened a bit to of a... that, but I haven't listened to the Christmas song. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that it even is. I think it's just coincidence. But there is there is a a Christmas light song from the Go Team, um, who I don't know whether oh. I've ever talked about them on the pod, but their album that came out in 2018, uh, Semicircle. Um, for whatever reason, I think it was because one of the tracks was getting a lot of play on Six Music. I really um, uh, liked that that particular track, so I gave the album a go, and suddenly found out, like, yeah, again, 20 years too late, that yeah, Go Team are a really cool band. Um, but this song's called uh, Look Outside, uh, A New Year's Coming. And I like it because it's not really just about Christmas. It's about a new year. And it's just it's got a really kind of like cool, optimistic, sort of looking forward vibe. So I think for me, that's the sort of Christmas song that we want this year, where I don't think we want to dwell too much on Christmas, do we? Um, no, it's Christmas, too exciting to reference what's gone on. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, not at all. No, it, it didn't It didn't smack of that, really. Uh, it, it's more like looking forward. And um, yeah, I, I totally recommend it. If you're looking for something new and interesting to listen to, go back and check out that um, that most recent Go Team album. Um, and they did, they did a single this year as well that's pretty good called Cookie Song or something like that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, really good. Um, and I, I don't know why we've not talked about this, but did you listen to the um, the first single from the new Hold Steady album, The Family Farm? Yes, I did, yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah, it's it, very... It, it, it's slightly, Go on. Uh, it's got a different feel to it, but very much on the similar sort of vibe to Hold Steady. The pace was slightly different, wasn't it? Um, yeah. A little bit faster, but it's the way that uh, Franz Nikolai's in there playing piano and stuff, it, it for me, I thought it harkened back to um, Boys and Girls in America era. And, and it almost sounded a little bit like Stuck Between Stations. Different pace, but the, the, the way that the keys were used. It took me a couple of times to get used to the, uh, the vocal delivery on that opening okay. section. Because the way the the sort of the vocal melody fits over the the, the the pace of the guitars, it was like it was quite different. It was almost like I don't know if they purposely tried to um, I don't know make it sound a bit like because it clearly fits. It's in time, but if they'd almost tried to, yeah, it's almost a little bit more offbeat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it because I remember the first listen I gave it. Um, I didn't have my headphones on. I just I, I Bluetoothed it to our speaker. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think, I don't know if there was a lot going on, but I was like, oh, okay, all right, I like this. I like the guitar, but like, I wasn't really getting the lyrics. And then I put my headphones in and I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, there we go. And I could definitely, I could almost isolate it a bit more yeah. in, e- in each year. But yeah, I really like it, really like it. Um, but there's 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 very little that I don't like that the whole city have done. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Um it would have been really cool. I mean, so they did that live stream, the Massive Nights thing. It, it, it's a real shame. You know, same for the Lesson Jake one as well, even though the, the timing obviously was a lot later at night when that uh, was yeah. broadcast. But the fact that they did the um, the Massive Nights, they did like three nights, didn't they? And, and one of them was for like UK friendly time. So I think it was about nine, ten o'clock. It would have been great if if we could have got together to watch that because that was a really good show. Um and it's funny, really, because the reason that, I watched that's, it... That's one of the only ones you've done live, isn't it, of recent months? I didn't actually do it live, no. And that, that, that's the silly thing about it, is that I could have ended up watching any of them. I just happened to do the uh, the one that was supposed to be UK time, but then I ended up watching it the next day. 
so the, the UK bit was lost on me. But I mean, if we'd got been able to get together to watch it, like it would have obviously made more sense. But it was the last one of the three, and I think they were obviously sort of like um, warmed up, and uh, and I think they put a really good show on for that for that last night of it. But their setup was fantastic. It was at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Oh, the, no, the Brooklyn Bowl. The Brooklyn Bowl. Hollywood Bowl is our local um, chain, isn't it? Brooklyn Bowl, sorry. Um, and uh, they had, like, where the where you've got, obviously, the lanes for the bowling, the screens where you'd normally have the scores, they had screens um, showing the fans at home, uh, like, via Zoom. And, like, they all had, that like, their own screen. So the band could actually see people in the audience, like, watching them. Um, cool. And... And on the visual visual that you could see, obviously watching it at home, it was sort of like cutting between them. So it, yeah, it, for me that it, it felt really involved. Like it, it kind of like captured a bit of the energy of the crowd to to go alongside the show because some of the live streams and I, I think Lesson Jake's one was particularly good because of the way that they cut between that and the the skits that they prepared, and even just having the canned like applause after the tracks that made a big difference on the Lesson yeah, Jake yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, some live streams I've seen this year where a band finishes a track and it's just silent. Oh, it's a weird, it's a weird experience to see. Like I, I don't, yeah, something about it doesn't quite sit right. Um, but another live stream that I did was the Augustana one, which was just him playing uh, guitar and piano and, and, and telling stories. Uh, and that was really good as well. Um, and that I didn't watch live. I watched that one later, but yeah, very high production quality and um yeah, very completely different to the whole study one in terms of what it was. But I think bands are starting to get to a point now where they know that this is a, a good thing for them to do. Yeah, and obviously it's it's going to take a while to get back to live shows. So that I think they're embracing it a bit more, but they're they're doing it with a bit more consideration. It's not just jumping straight into it and doing it as like a a Facebook live stream and the audio is not right. Like bands are taking a while to 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 get it to be a good experience for people. And at that at that point, I'm quite happy to pay. The price do you know what well, i mean yeah, like, I'd, I'd rather pay 12 15 quid and it'd be a guaranteed quality show rather than you know a tinny audio and <laughs> yeah well it's, it's even mike carrera they've now come to the full band live streams like he did, that's right yeah he did a ridiculous amount of friday nights playing acoustically which were great and i yeah could, to be fair he did those I, very well. I surprised myself at how many of them i watched Mm-hmm. Um, and went back to watch because obviously a band like MXPX being punk rock, there's only so many tracks that are going to translate acoustically. So, you know, there was maybe six or seven that were played every Friday, but I was amazed at how many I watched, but now they've just done a live stream and they are doing another, I think on the 23rd. Um, and that works really well because they've got a space for it. They've got like a, a little warehouse which works yeah, really and like well. Yeah, a roaming camera that goes between yeah. them, doesn't it? Yeah. So, the, the, and the guy doing that, the last one, I've watched some of the clips from it. It it looks really good, and the, you know, he's so good behind camera, though. He's, you know, people have talked about it before, but he's he's embraced the social media, and he's done it so so well. So, like, it's so mm. natural for people like that, and like the Frank Turner ones, it came very naturally. There were a few of the Frank ones that I, I sort of was less interested in when it, it I did wonder what the need for it was, but that's not to say I didn't enjoy them. But you know, that, well, I, he'd announced he was doing a Disney set in in, and you can't really you can't really <laughs> criticise because they were all for good causes, and that's what's yeah. Sort of, apart, I, yeah, I, 
I think the Disney one was just like a 20 minute thing on Instagram that they did because he he like said that he was going to do it and people held him to it. But I, I know what you mean. Like they, I think even he admitted like they'd gone on for quite a while and he's like, I can't just keep doing these. And he, and it was, he what does was it 27 or something. Oh, I can't remember. I lost count, but he, he's doing them more sporadically, isn't he now? But he is doing one on our birthday as in mine and Frank's birthday um, on the 28th. If anyone wants to buy me a present. To, to um, unveil the new drummer. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I I almost have uh, an idea that it, it could end up being uh, a, a woman to, to play drums because he did those um, sessions with uh, all female musicians, didn't he, for the for the last album? Ooh, and I wonder whether uh, there was someone that he, that he gelled with from from those. Yeah. <laughs> My build up then was ridiculous. I was like, uh, uh, a, a woman? <laughs> There's a woman in there, but no, I think that would be like I think that would be genuinely really interesting. I, mean, I don't think he should just do it for the for the sake of it. You know, he's obviously got to oh, he's got to be someone he, day, he wants to play with. But in any line of I think work, a, it should always be who fits the job best. But it would be a cool move, I think, to to do that if 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 there's someone that um that fits with them. Uh, I'd I'd be impressed by that. Was there any other songs that, or tracks or albums you wanted to talk about? Well, the Goldfinger album, um, uh, Never Look Back. Um, which dropped on your birthday. Which dropped on my birthday. Um, I don't so think I, got, was... I, got Frank, I got a Frank live stream for my birthday. You got a Goldfinger album. Yeah, I don't think they did it for me. No, but funny though, right? I say. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, we've discussed my love for Goldfinger. And, and, your, uh, and your love for Knowledge. Goldfinger Ghost. Yeah, yeah, I love a bit of Goldfinger Goth. By the right way, did, the I early you, episodes, did I tell you the one about how Charlie is helping Monique write some new Say Ferris tr- tracks? No, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that could be interesting. Mm. Um, so, in brief, all right, Goldfinger are a great band. Some of my favourite gig memories are watching Goldfinger. I love the guys. I loved it when Charlie came back in the band because he brings this energy to the band, which was lacking for a bit. And uh, fair play to John Feldman for doing what he does and um, with the band and, and clearly an extremely talented songwriter. Um, and what he's managed to do with Goldfinger over the years, bringing in different drummers and a different energy has definitely sort of revitalized it and it's revitalized him. Um which is, is which is great because some of my favourite Reading Festi- Festival memories are watching Goldfinger easily multiple times when I've seen him there. It's been the highlight of the weekend. Um, but in recent years with the albums we've got, The Knife, um, f- for instance, which was sort of like them coming back to the album writing and rather than just playing... Um, I guess a, a legacy set, seeing as we've been talking about legacy bands. Um, it's it's really difficult for a guy who's clearly writing or helping have a say in lots of different genres of music. He you know, he's got a whole team of songwriters that he works with. So I I once heard him say on a podcast that Goldfinger was his way of getting a bit of scar and punk out of his system. Yeah, and some when it hits correctly, I think it's brilliant. Um, but when it doesn't, I th- I'm not sure it was worth doing at all. And that's not being harsh. This is just my opinion. Um, what I think this new album is, 
is an amazing five track EP. Uh, because tracks like Infinite, Wallflower, um, Nothing To Me, I think is great. And Mike's vocals in the second verse on that are amazing. I even think Good Guy has a place on this album. Not so massively keen on the verses, but I think the chorus is great. Um, it, you know, the verses are a bit sort of Blink-esque pop punk. Um, but the, the, the chorus, the... Because um, I just caught another one of your lies. I won't let another one of them slide. Like... It's it's very Goldfinger in the way it delivers and the way John delivers it. Um, and so I, I sort of warm to that track. Cannonball, I think, is Goldfinger doing punk really, really well. I think the second guitar is really cool. It's got that Goldfinger sort of um, edit across it, which I think is really, really good. But unfortunately, these are then blended in with tracks like This City, which is basically Get What I Need Off The Knife. You've got California on my mind, which is essentially Tijuana Sunrise. And then you've got Careful What You Wish For, which could have been a great track with Monique, but Monique's vocals sort of confuse me. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them at all. It just, it, it, I, I knew that she'd done uh, a guest vocal because I think you mentioned it or I'd seen it on the track list, yeah, but yeah. it completely, completely passed me by. I, I just thought, oh, there's, there's a. A, a track with another guest vocalist and maybe the Monique one is coming up. And then I glanced yeah. down at my phone and I was like, oh, <laughs> that was it. But the, the thing is, unfortunately, for every track like Infinite, which is a great Goldfinger track, it's got a real Goldfinger feel to it. It's a punk rock track. And I'd say it's even better than like The Knife, which is one of their more recent punk rock offerings. I think Infinite is really good and the vocals on it sound great. But for every one of them, you've got a track like Best Life, which for me just has no place on this album. Like mm. I get what he's doing and I get that he's, it's a very personal album, I think, because the lyrics are all very like him and his time in California or, you know, him and his wife and his family. And that is great. You know, I'm not going to deny anyone to sing from the rooftop if they've got an amazing life. That's not, I'm not saying I don't want to hear about that, but I don't think, they're very good tracks in general. It's not just the lyrics. The lyrics I do find to be a bit tongue in cheek and a bit like, oh, okay, all right. Um, but like Golden Days, This City, Best Life could probably be on a Real Big Fish album, to, to be honest. They're a bit gimmicky. And like Dumb is just, uh, oh, Christ, I can't believe I'm going to say it. It's dumb, you know. Everybody else is dumb except you. You make my heart go boom 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 it's like come on you're better than this like that's what annoys me about the finger boys yeah boom 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 um it's not like i'm a member of mensa more like early dementia <laughs> oh yeah i remember that line <laughs> like uh you're a i if it, it, I think if it had been like five or six tracks as an ep and we'd got infinite wallflower nothing to me good guy maybe chucking careful what you wish for cannibal or maybe golden days god i don't know i don't know i just don't think as a 12 track album it's the best thing they've done uh, i don't think they'd say it would was but like it finishes with standing on a beach which i swear could just be a track hoppers has sent him 
like Mark Hoppus from a from a blink right. Yeah, that day. one did sound a lot to me like the it. Bass, the baseline is very sort of blink one eight two baseline, and it's just a shame because bearing in mind how much love I have for those first albums, it it I don't know if it's because they've rushed it, if it was like oh we're just we're doing it. Here's all the parts. I'm sending you everything because he's talented. You know, John is talented enough to have written all three guitar parts, probably a bass line or the, the, the basics of a bass line that Mike's gone with. All the lyrics are clearly written by John because they're very personal, like they're about living in California. They're about his wife or something. And I just wonder if the influence from the other members just wasn't strong enough. Um which is fine because Goldfinger is. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously made remotely, wasn't it? So I, it wouldn't be the sort of studio dynamic of people in a room working together. I mean, I, I, I don't know how what the setup was, but obviously it was. Done no, no, no. And I'm, so I'm not gonna. But what I will say is that the the good tracks are brilliant. I think Infinite is a fantastic track. I think Wallflower, although it reminds me heavily of Answers and Get Up, it's still a great track and. Nothing to me is like pacey, explosive, and Mike, I think, adds a lot to it with his vocals. I think they work really well with John's. But I just don't think, for me, I've listened to it three times because I wanted to give it, I wanted to see if it's sunk with the nostalgia feel as well. But it's just, I think I'll take a few tracks off it and add them to a playlist, but I'm not sure it's an album I will revisit. And that really does pain me to say that. I wasn't happy about saying that, but I also don't want to lie. Not lie. I don't want to just criticise for the sake of criticising, which is why I hope I've picked out where they've gone really well with this album. But I also want to give it a fair review. And it's, you know, whereas Lesser Jake could easily be one of my new favourite albums. I'll give it another go. I'll give it another go. But it, I got to say, on first listen, it, it just it just didn't do it for me. And I, like I, give it another go because I, I did, and Good Guy started to sort of resonate a bit more with me. Whereas mm. initially I was a bit like, "Cool, this is a bit corny." And then I gave it another listen. And I was like, "No, actually, the 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 choruses sort of pull this through a bit." Um, and I was quite, um, yeah, I definitely found some love for it um but yeah it's it's i can see why yeah, some I mean, fans like it but also i i've read a few comments where it's been like where they've sort of said i've seen through this and i'm sort of like yeah maybe i'm falling on that side of the fence i think like i'm old enough and ugly enough and being around enough now like to know that like sometimes a band that you like release releases an album and it just doesn't it doesn't gel with you they just don't you don't enjoy it as much but i certainly wouldn't do what perhaps i might have done when i was much younger or that sadly some people still do which is just completely write the band off like i, I didn't think that at all i wasn't like oh well that's goldfinger done i just thought i just didn't they didn't do it for me and and, and i think they kind of get a pass from just you know alone on the fact that it was done under unusual circumstances and probably just done as a, as a bit of a project to keep them occupied really like i might have been a bit more disappointed if, if it had been an album that they bigged up for you know a year or so and worked us up to with singles and stuff but it pretty much was a surprise release wasn't it i mean it just came out of nowhere yeah yeah that, and i think that um speaks wonders to be honest um as but the live stream i thought was better than the album i thought the live stream was good um 
you know, but I think unfortunately for them, putting songs in between Count and the Day, Spokesman, uh, you know, it sort of shone a bit of light over songs like. I did Golden see. Day. I did see Wallflower. Yeah, I did see Wallflower in the first few tracks when I watched it, and it sounded really good. Yeah, well, I did, but unfortunately, I just think Wallflower means Get Up is now out of the set. You know? <laughs> Possibly. Um, but you know, but I, I, th- there's some really good tracks on it. But possibly only like an EP's worth. I think that I think that's fair. I'm not. I don't yeah. feel like I. I don't feel like if John heard this, I would feel guilty. Are you about listening, that. John? Are you listening? <laughs> no, because no, I think he'd probably still be pissed off at the little parody thing I did about them. Um, <laughs> but I also don't think. I think they know. I think most people would know when they're offering it out. Like, yeah, this is. This is. Uh, done what it needed to for me as a creative person but and I know a lot of the gold thing of faithful are gonna love this but I don't know if it would be attracting many old school goldfinger fans to 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 use a horrible phrase because old school is such a dumb thing to say but I think those who were around when goldfinger say were like 20 years ago and we're seeing those monumental sets at Reading Festival and hearing about the sets going off in Germany and stuff and like them being one of the biggest bands to play middle of the day. Do you know what I mean? Like and yeah. the tent spilling. The the fans that have come up with that aren't gonna be loving this city or best life. I think they're gonna see through it a bit. Um but hopefully yeah. tracks like Infinite would be in the set because I'd, I'd look forward to seeing it. I liked seeing it on the live stream and I look forward to seeing that live. I'd um, played it, that too. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't put me off going to see him live again. Like, no, not at all. I like, I like well, them as a live band. That's exactly um, what I mean. Like it, it, yeah, live I, band more than an album band. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't let me not enjoying this album affect wanting to see them live because it's yeah. always a good time. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else? No, that was it for me. Oh, okay. Um, uh, anything I was going to say, which I, I left off earlier on, was that it, this popped up in my release radar. Um, they've taken the audio from the Postal Service's live show that they did when they did the reunion back in 2013, because we saw it at um, Brixton Academy, didn't we? But they obviously did a US tour as well. And one of the shows was filmed for a DVD documentary type thing. Um, and they've just now released the audio from that separately, uh, both on, on Spotify. Yeah, there we go. And they've done a vinyl release of the live show as well. But what it made me do, rather than listen to the, the whole live album, was think, I've never actually seen that documentary. So I've bought it from um, Sub Pop, the, uh, the label that released it. And I've got a, a download of it to share with you at some point, because I thought it might be quite a cool one to, to oh, watch. Sweet. Yeah, about. let's 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 say that um for the new year but that sounds great yeah. i'd love to do that cool. thought you might well that's been a lovely chat i'm so, i'm pleased we're back rolling i know i know i disappeared for a bit emotionally and but i'm i'm i've really enjoyed this and i'm let's hope that we can be recording again in a week or so when we've got some we've got the five albums to discuss yeah each. i've listened um, to four finally <laughs> i just need to listen to one more and there's, you know, there's always stuff in the new year to discuss, but we've got a few ideas and we look forward to bringing them to you. So thanks for listening as always. Cheers to staying with us because we are still here. 
we were just trying to work out the best way to you know present what we what we love doing so we aren't going anywhere it was just while we were trying to figure things out while everyone was trying to figure stuff out so thank you if you've listened and if you've stayed on this long you are one of the two track mind uh massive we'll call you uh the brain trust so thanks for sticking with us where can they find you liam uh, I'm at Liam Toms on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, liamtoms.com. I have actually been doing some more writing there. So if you go to that space, you won't find a coming soon page anymore. Um, and I'm going to be on a show talking about um, Star Wars, <laughs> finally. Oh, yeah. My dream, realised. Uh, no, a friend of mine that I know from... Um, through through work who has a podcast that she does uh challenged me to a, a face-off between star wars and star trek so that's going to drop soon so uh if you check out um yeah my twitter feed I'll, I'll probably post a link there um but yeah that's me how about yourself uh at run with ed or at edward crawley um yeah either or you'll find me um, awesome and obviously, if you are listening and you've liked it, you know, subscribe on Acast and Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to leave a review, that would be amazing. Um, I think on Acast, you can rate now as well. So if you want to give us five stars, four stars, any rating is amazing. because just... just not one star. Please not yeah, one yeah. star. Yeah, if you're going to do one, don't, don't bother. It's Christmas. Um, but it just gets us up the ratings and gets us a bit more visible. So thank you very much. Yeah, let's play the algorithm and uh, ride it through into hopefully a joyous 2021. But who the hell knows? Um, We'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.